Welcome to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. John is the coordinator for the Christian Ecumenical and Missional Society of St. Patrick and St. Aidan, and he's the founder of Hope on the Way Ministries. Now, join Father John and discover hope and relevant answers in following Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. Today's message is entitled, Demonstrating the Supernatural. And we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, where the Apostle Paul says that my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is the last in a series of messages about spirituality, supernatural spirituality of our Christian faith. We undoubtedly live in a spiritual world. Even in this supposed age of secularism, vast amounts of people express and adhere to the slogan, I'm spiritual, but not religious. I'd like to take a minute or two to look at this word spiritual. What does it really mean to be spiritual? The root of the word spiritual is what? Spirit. What is a spirit? A spirit is an incorporeal being. It's a being that has no body, no physical body. To be spiritual means you are either profoundly influenced by an incorporeal being, a spirit, or you are possessed and influenced by an incorporeal being, a spirit. And if you're truly spiritual, you're under the influence of a spirit, and spirits are supernatural, aren't they? For those of you who truly claim to be spiritual, what supernatural spirit is influencing or possessing you? Come on now. Let's be honest. Those of you who say that you're spiritual but not religious, what supernatural spirit is influencing you or possessing you? Honestly, is there anything supernatural about you? I think that most of you who are making the claim to be spiritual but not religious, and I don't mean this to insult you, and I'm sorry if it does, but I think that you're little more than a functional atheist. You just use the slogan to virtue signal. And in fact, those in the developing world who are truly spiritual, who interact with spirits, none of them would take you seriously. How about you Christians? What supernatural spirit influences or possesses you? 
I think most of you who claim to be followers of Jesus or Christians, you would say, well, of course, it's the Holy Spirit, Father John. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You Christians who are listening to me today, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to accept that you are influenced by the Holy Spirit. But, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you filled? Another word you could use for filled is possessed. Are you possessed by the Holy Spirit? Because that's what Spirit-filled means. It means that God has a hold of you in such a way that you are possessed by the Spirit of God. And this is the way the ancients would have understood it. They would understand being filled with the Holy Spirit is being possessed by the God of the Bible. How do you know? How do you know if you're Spirit-filled? Well, there's three primary ways according to sacred Scripture in the Apostle Paul. The first way to know that you're filled or possessed by the Holy Spirit is that you exhibit the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Let's count them all. There's nine of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. So that's one sign that you are filled with the supernatural presence of God in your being. Another one is obedience to the Spirit. Just read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That means to be self-controlled. One of the fruits of the Spirit is that you're obedient. And the third way, the third way to demonstrate that you are filled, possessed with the Spirit of God is by demonstrating the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there are nine of those found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We won't go over them here today. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, the Apostle Paul says that the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Paul says he's done that. He's demonstrated the Spirit and that of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. In fact, that is the New Testament pattern. One of proclamation followed by demonstration. You ever have anyone tell you to prove it? You made a claim and they say, okay, prove it. Paul said, my words weren't with sophistry, Greek sophistry, but they were a proclamation of Christ crucified and the power thereof. And by the way, here's me demonstrating it now through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's the New Testament pattern. Paul says it's not about sophistry, being sophisticated, being elegant, being schooled in Greek wisdom or the wisdom of this age. Paul says that the gifts of the Spirit are the way to demonstrate the Gospel, that the Gospel isn't five biblical ways to have a happy life and a happy wife. That's not how Paul demonstrated the Gospel with sophistry, 
Where's the demonstration of the gifts? The Apostle Paul says in Romans 12.6 that we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. I get this. Some of you, based on the gifting of grace that God gives you and the supernatural gifts of the Spirit are going to be somewhat more supernatural than others. But the gifts of the Spirit aren't just for a handful of the elites in the church. They're for everybody. Everybody. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that we are to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And if they, they weren't for everybody, why would Paul say to eagerly desire them? And by spiritual gifts, he means gifts of the Holy Spirit. The nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, 1-11, the supernatural demonstration of God and His power. And I get it. Some of you are going to be a little bit supernatural. Some of you are going to be a little bit less supernatural. And we can never lose sight that the greatest supernatural gift is what? It's love. We as Christ church must be demonstrably filled with the supernatural life and power of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, the things we do and say in our proclamation will amount to little more than self-help and prosperity theism. If all we do is make a proclamation without the demonstration of the Spirit's power in this day and age, we are going to be viewed as a remnant of religious folklorists by a skeptical world who's going to say, where is the proof? You see, the the world doesn't believe we've got the goods. The world didn't believe that the Apostle Paul and the early church had the goods until they did what? They demonstrated the power of the resurrection. Paul could back up his words because he was possessed. The early church could back up their words because they were possessed with the Holy Spirit and His life and power. The early church was characterized by Spirit-filled followers of Christ who supernaturally demonstrated the life and power of the Holy Spirit. Is that you? Is that your church? Would the Apostle Paul recognize you as a Spirit-filled Christian? Would the Apostle Paul recognize you as a Spirit-filled church? What do people say about you? What do people say about your church? Do they say that you're supernatural or you're just spiritual? Or maybe they just say you're religious. Is there anything supernatural about you at all? I want those of you who are listening to me today to think about your kids. Those of you who have kids and grandkids, think about them. I want you to think about this next generation who are increasingly influenced by His Spirit. Make no mistake is that there is a rising Spirit that is spiritually and supernaturally influencing the next generation of young people like we've never seen it before. And I'll name the Spirit. It's called Antichrist. 
It's growing in our culture. Think about your kids and grandkids. Think about the next generation. They need you. They need your church to be supernatural. How about it? How about it? For the sake of the lost, are you willing? Are you willing to go into the supernatural dimension of the gospel? Or are you just, are you just satisfied with prosperity theism? Or are you just satisfied as being a religious folklorist to a skeptical world? How about it? How about it? How about for the sake of the lost, you welcome the Holy Spirit's power into your life? How about it, you welcome the Holy Spirit's power into your church? How about it that you welcome the Holy Spirit's power into your church building? When's the last time the Holy Spirit's power broke out in your church building? I get it. I get it. When there's power displayed, there's what? What is there? What comes when power is displayed? What happens? Drama. Drama. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on the church, was there drama? Some people didn't like it. They said, well, they're drunk or they're crazy. Peter says, no, no, it's, it's, it's still early in the day. We haven't been drinking. This is the Holy Spirit. This is prophecy being fulfilled in front of your eyes. I get it. I get it. Some of you would rather be seen as being sophist, sophisticated, you don't want to be seen as crazy, as fools. I get it. I'm sensitive to it. I know maybe better than most of you that the Holy Spirit isn't always interested in our bottom line as pastors and priests, which is oftentimes about getting bottoms into the empty seats of our sanctuaries. Sometimes the Holy Spirit isn't so much into that. Sometimes the Holy Spirit isn't working for our bottom line. He's working for His. And I get it. Some people might think you were crazy. But even Jesus' own family thought He was what? Crazy. They show up at one time to take charge of Him because they think He's nuts. People might think we're crazy. But I think a lot of people when we allow the Holy Spirit into the life of our church, into our own lives, not only in His quiet presence, but in His manifestation of power, when people see that, yeah, some of them will think we're crazy, but I think a lot of them will think we're supernatural. Don't you? And that's what Paul told the Corinthians, hey, it wasn't just with sophistry that I came to you. I came to you with proclamation and supernatural demonstration of God's power. So, Paul says in verse 5, that your faith might not rest 
on the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. My prayer for this generation is come Holy Spirit once again set Your church on fire with Your supernatural love and the power of God. Amen. You've been listening to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. We invite you to subscribe or follow this podcast on your preferred podcasting platform. To find out more about Hope on the Way Ministries and Father John, check out our website at hopeontheway.info. That's hopeontheway.info. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the companionship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Amen.